This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Swindon Town fans. Uh, happy Friday. Yeah, and if it is a Friday when you're listening, and if it's a morning when you're listening, we we need to get better at preempting, don't we? We do, we do. I, you know, I'm just kind of stuck in, stuck in Friday mode. Looking forward to another weekend of football, and um, I have to say, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to win in town and playing because my own team that I I support certainly let me down last weekend. Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh dearie me, it's been hard. You know, I mean, I'm. I swim in fat town fan terms. I work on them, and of course, I've got passion for town. But uh, that defeat to Liverpool was depressing. I had to turn off at half time. I honestly did. Part time football fans can't even <laughs> can't even hack it when it's when it's going bad. You know, you take the rough with the smooth. Come on, where's my half and half scarf? Eh? That's all I need next. <laughs> oh, I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood because we're recording this podcast on. A, a very rare day off for me and that means we don't have to rush where I then have to edit all my ums and all the other little things I put in like so yeah and basically and you know all that sort of nonsense so we've, just, we've got your full attention today you know we've got like full, full Swindon rich mode full Swindon rich mode not in my lunch break rushing because I've also got to edit it so we can talk at a more leisurely pace uh, it was a very very boring week wasn't it I mean we'll talk about 
one individual who made social media a little bit uh, more interesting later. But God, blimey, that was a dull week in terms of football news. It was, you, you know, it was so, so boring from my point of view. Luckily, I had a lot of non-sport stuff on that kind of worked out quite nicely because sport was quiet this week. But yeah, it was a... Uh... It was certainly dull and, and I almost forgot that we had a game this weekend, to be honest, because it had just been so... It was almost like we were on a, on a mid-season break. Um, but it's good. It's good. We keep saying this at times that it's been slow news, but that's good in terms of the fact that there's nothing wrong going on in many ways, I guess, apart from, apart from our latest defeat. That transfer window is rapidly approaching, isn't it? So January is not that far away. Last word on last week. I guess that didn't help the mood this week, wanting the next fixture to come along because it was a bit of a stinker, wasn't it, Bradford? What what was your take on that game? It was a it was a a really it was a really strange game. You know, dominated over seventy percent possession, uh, had ch- chances. Kind of uh, at least we had the better of the first opening chances before their goal, and it was just kind of a wake up call in many ways because. Bradford weren't a team. Well, we we both spoke about it in our pre-match press. You know, we Bradford are a team that are a good team, good outfit, but probably don't reach the levels they expect to. And then they come to the county ground, put the three passes and this uh, three points on the road for them. And and Ben Garner's left a bit red faced because he got his tactics wrong. So you know, it was a it was a tough defeat to take. I said three one. I did say three one Swindon, so I got that wrong. But you told me <laughs> told me Sierra Robinson would score, and I said nah, not this time. And, and what did he do? Second touch. First touch was to set himself up. Second t- touch was to bang it in the top corner. So fantastic goal, I have to say. Yeah, I, I'm surprised the uh, you jinxed us police didn't uh, didn't knock on my door um, for that Theo Robinson observation. But you know, it's like looking at the sky and saying it's blue, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not great. But one thing that that I've kind of been thinking about the reaction from many fans was a little bit over the top. I think last week it was, you know, our first loss in you know well over a month, and things are being very very good. It's frustrating at home, but things are generally fine. But I guess when can we stop referring to the fact that? we lose a game or we drop points and then we just have to start talking about, well, we almost didn't have a club in the, in the summer. It's, they are now season ready and losses happen. We just have to just take it, learn from it and and move on to the next one. Don't we? I agree. We, I put out a piece um, that I wrote last week, just, I think it was the day before the Bradford game on that Friday about what is success at Swindon town. And I, now I said that, you know, Swindon, can't keep using this excuse of, you know, pre-season, we didn't have a pre-season, some players aren't up at fitness, that's kind of been and gone and, and you know, it's not an excuse that you can you can lark back to anymore. So it was just a defeat. We're always going to have those games. It, it just so happened that it was another home performance whereby we didn't get a victory, which kind of mounted more pressure on us to now start getting some home wins. But I don't think there's too much to read into it. You're, you're you're in a football league, you're in a professional football league, you're going to win games and you're going to go on runs where you might win back-to-back games and you're going to lose matches and you're going to draw matches as well. So I think it was just one of those. And as Ben Garner said in today's press conference, he got his tactics wrong. They came with a formation that he had never seen them play before and we had to adjust and we perhaps didn't adjust well enough to that. Yeah, and that's all perfectly fine. I just And I had your article in mind when I asked this question because... 
I'm super grateful that the club still exists and I'm super grateful that we're moving on. But we can be football fans too, can't we? And we can sort of just bemoan a poor results and a poor performance without having to be told that we should be grateful because we almost went out of existence. You know, if that was the case, we'd be saying that, you know, well, we almost went out of existence in the late nineties and the early two thousands. And now, you know, we, we, but we are football fans. We, We don't need to keep harking back to the perils of previous summers, do we? Yeah. And let's not forget Ben Garner and the players. They're not here on a charity cause. They're here because they're getting paid to play football and win matches for Swindon Sounds. So if they don't do that and they and they don't put in a good performance, they deserve to be criticised. I play I play rugby at the weekends and, and it's very much the same in that. If you do something wrong, your teammates criticise you. You know, your, our, our family's criticised, whoever comes to watch, the manager gets criticised. You know, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of, of, of playing sport and, and playing in a competitive environment. So... You know, there's there's no need to jump on the bandwagon and say get him out of the club and get rid of this person, get rid of this person. But at the same time, you don't have to sit there and say, oh, you know, we need to be lucky to have the club. If they didn't do something well enough, you tell them and and you move on. And they improve from there. Okay, well, we'll move on now. Um, to I guess there were a few bits from the recent talk of the town uh, with Sean Hodgetts and CEO Rob Angus. A few things were mentioned. Major points, I guess, of discussion for me was. You know the county ground purchase, which is progressing, but the time scale is prolonging, isn't it? So um, they were hoping to have positive news this side of Christmas, but now they've moved it to the next side of Christmas. I think, I think it's probably best that we just let them get on with it and we await the great news that everything has gone through because they're still getting valuations and. You know, I don't work in councils and I don't work in, in you know, purchase a football stadium construction. But this sounds like something that could easily ramble on, even if things are, are going well. Well, it seems like only yesterday I was at a press conference with, you know, a previous owner and, and certain people discussing the county ground takeover. And we're now so many years down the line and, and we're still discussing it. It's... It'll happen eventually, I'm sure. I don't think it's too much of a worry. Swindon fans have got their stadium. The, it, there's been some, you know, improvements made to the look of the stadium, at least in terms of a fresh coat of fresh coat of paint being applied. Um, it'll happen. It'll go through, I'm sure. Clem's, Clem's involved in investment and obviously property. That's kind of a lot of where his business has come from. And I'm sure you'll own the stadium and we'll look to do some really great things with it. In many ways, I think it's because it's been not much news happening. It's something that we have to chat about and we're kind of probably digging a lot deeper into things than we ought to at times. Oh, almost certainly. Almost certainly. Otherwise, what on earth would we talk about? The other <laughs> the other point that uh, I highlighted in my notes from the Talk of the Town was contracts. Uh, embargoes yeah. are still in place, but we can, or Ben Chorley can offer players extensions can be done so fingers crossed we get some positive news regarding the futures of an entire squad of Swindon players in the next few months well we spoke about this last week didn't we when we asked uh, Ben Garner about contracts and he said that him himself Ben Chorley and Clem are in discussions and looking to offer players contracts soon I'm sure we will now see that happen it's good good news that we can start to Kind of put additional years onto existing players at the county ground, and I think this will also probably 
give the players a bit of a wake-up call. They've been playing well this season, but if you now know you're in a position whereby you cannot be offered a contract and the way things are going at Swindon, I don't see any reason why players there wouldn't want to have an extended contract, then they're going to need to be playing at a level whereby it matches Swindon's aims of getting promoted this season and, and, and they'll have to prove that they're good enough to play in League One. I don't want to get carried away because, of course, it's a... You know, it's a long odd season ahead, but if we are in League One, you'd want to keep quite a core group of these players and, and they have to weedle out who is going to be that good enough quality to play in the upper division. Absolutely right. Right, OK, then Ben Garner's press conference ahead of the Oldham Athletic Games. So, I mean, what was his final word on, on the Bradford defeat? What, what, what was his review? It was really just like I said previously, you know, Ben Garner said they weren't, Swindon weren't productive enough for the ball. He kind of got the stat thrown against him that, you know, you had 73% possession. That's amazing. And Ben Garner was of the view that a lot of fans are. You can have all the possession you want, but if you're not doing anything with it and, and you're not kind of finishing off chances, then it doesn't count for anything whatsoever. Um, his reasoning was that they did, he had prepared for Bradford in a shape that they were playing against, well, they against the formation they've been playing all season. They turn up at the county ground, they throw out a brand new formation that they've not played once this season, and then Ben Garner's got to adjust, and and it made Swindon probably a bit more prone to counter attacks as well. So he took full responsibility. That was refreshing to see. You know, he didn't sit there and try and blame too many different areas. He said, "Look, I, I messed up. It's something that we need to work on." And and I'm sure we'll see a really good reaction against Oldham this weekend. And with, with the utmost respect to Oldham, it's the ideal game to have that reaction to and, and get three points on the board and, and a few goals in the back of the net. Ooh, kiss of death there by Ryan Walker. So how have the players reacted to the loss during the week in training? It's been a really impressive training week is what Ben Garner said. Um, you know, They've been doing lots and lots of prep for this opposition. And as you'd expect, you know, it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, but they've also been doing a lot of individual training and also collective training in terms of trying to work on really every single specific of the game coming up. Um, ben Garner's had, of course, this whole week. We've not had a Tuesday game, so he's had the whole week to prepare his team for Oldham. They're a team that, look, Swindon should go there and really... Uh, you know, no no three points are given, but Swindon should go there. I don't think there's any harm saying that should go there and pick up the victory. And, and Bengal's been working really hard in the specifics. I think he'll have probably looked to introduce a few more systems um, into his into Swindon's play because he got that kind of um, curveball thrown at him by Bradford. And I'm sure he'll, the players have had a good week and, and they'll be fit and firing. And, and in terms of fitness, Dean Conroy is fine and available as well. Yeah, anyone else struggling? So they have one or two players that Ben Garn didn't want to reveal that are waiting for a late fitness call. Um, and he also touched on how he's got some really big decisions to make on team selection, which I expect is kind of reaction to that Bradford defeat. Um, some players will have to be left out, he said. So just keep in mind, there might be a few shocks on that on that match day squad that travel up to Oldham tomorrow. Um, like I said, they are travelling up to Oldham tomorrow. They are training in Swindon today. I'll be travelling up tomorrow afternoon and uh, Ben Garner said he's hoping for some lighter traffic given that it's half term. <laughs> well, he's absolutely right. Um, nice to nice to see Uno is still popular. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's, I think it, it used to be an obviously the kind of previous, you know, probably looking back 20 years or so, that it used to be cards. It was always, you know, there were players that would have poker, little tournaments set up on the team bus or blackjack. Now it's Uno. 
And I've seen this at all levels of the game. You know, you see it whether it's at this level or in the Premier League, the Champions League. Players seem to love Uno. Um, so he said that that is the most popular game on the team, Bus Ben Gardens. A bit of music. Um, and he's happy with whatever, to be honest, as, as long as the players are relaxed and, and they're focused. Yeah, the only time I ever play Uno is, I don't know about you, but it's one of those games that I never play. I play it on holiday maybe once every three years. And apart from that, never. But the, the players love it. Absolutely love it. Can't get enough of Uno. Never played it. Fully aware <laughs> of it. We've got it in the house somewhere, but never played it. I need to sneeze. <laughs> right, let's talk about Oldham Athletic, managed by Keith Curl, who we know all about. And this season has been, frankly, a little bit of a nightmare for them. Yeah, let's let's have a look of their of their form. You know, I think they've got four points at home this season, which is not great. Uh, worse than us, that's for sure. And they've also, I was going to say, and they've also lost more games than anyone in this division with eight games. They're not in the relegation zone. Typical Oldham, they'll be awful all season and somehow survive, no doubt. But it looks like Swindon, given our away form and given their home form and given their general form, it's one of these ones where, yet again, the expectancy will be on Swindon to get three points and we've got to go to Boundary Park and and be as professional as we can be because we don't want any slip-ups because this one will hurt if if we drop points but like you said earlier it's the perfect game to bounce back again potentially. Yeah not only hurt it would be embarrassing to Ben Garner and the players if they go there and they were to kind of not put on an impressive performance and not pick up three points really at, at the very least you know it is competitive football but Oldham Athletic, they're just one point above that pesky relegation zone. There, and, and I have to say, I don't want to sit and criticise them because I really do feel sorry for for the fans of the club. They're in, they're in a situation that is so reminiscent of Swindon Town over the last few years in terms of you know finances, uh, the owner there, and and it's really a club that is that is just being pulled through the mud season after season. Um, and of course, with that comes you know. Uh, on the pitch issues and they're clearly having those issues this season whereby they're they're struggling, they're struggling for them. They've managed to pick up 12 points still. A win tomorrow would kind of see them drift further away from that relegation zone. Um, They've actually improved in form recently, you know. They they had an impressive 3-0 victory over Stevenage. Um, And I have to say, on the the whole, they're they're not really struggling for goals goals too much in, in certain games, at least recently. They kind of had a little bit of a patch through September where they were going goalless but in most games they're they're looking like scoring they're scoring the odd goal whether it's uh away at Bradford at, at Colchester they're playing you know um or even recently you know they've had they had a close defeat against Harrogate uh they had they scored against Warsaw and of course like I said they picked up three points against Stevenage and then drew last time out against Carlisle so you know even though even though they're down there and that was a point that Ben Garner touched on they're capable of playing in different styles which you'd expect from a team managed by Keith Curl and and Swindon have to be switched on. They have to be prepared for all eventualities, which is what Ben Garner quoted. Yeah, and they've, they've got plenty of experience in in their squads. We know all about Hallam Hope, of course. But they also have players like Nicky Adams and they've got Jordan Clark. Um, so players, and Alan Sheehan, I think, is a player coach there too. And I'm not sure if he's playing, but he's certainly registered. So there's, there's, there's plenty of lower league experience down there but my goodness yeah and as you say complete solidarity to 
the Oldham fans. I think early in the season, they weren't allowing non-season ticket holders in because of protests, which is absolutely incredible. Yes. Just ridiculous, isn't it? This is um Oldham's always been a club that's been really well backed by fans and you know, I'm I'm from up north and I've I've got friends who kind of have had their fam not as much at their age now, but their families have kind of grown up supporting Oldham. Of course, you know, it's it's a it's a popular club up there in a in a in a kind of area which is dominated by massive Premier League clubs. And Oldham just I do feel so sorry for their fans, you know, it's uh it's a club that's being, like I said, dragged through the mud, and and they're managing to hang in there. And and I really, I I have to say, I really do hope, and I'm sure a lot of Swindon fans do, that we can uh, kind of see clubs like Oldham get back to being run properly and get back to actually being a, a proper football club. Because at the minute, they're just hanging in there. They are just hanging in, and you you have to worry what the future holds for Oldham if they do get relegated into non-league. Sensational when you consider that they were our first home game in the Premier League, and here we are now. You don't want to see any of those in non-league. It's been a hell of a journey for them, and fair play to their fans. They've they've had barely anything to shout about for 20, 25 years. So, you know, they got so close to the FA Cup final in '94. So close, <laughs> but but not quite there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I won't spend too much, but it does does show that. You know, I don't understand how we can have these zones in the game. We said this about Lee Power last season. Of course, we were lucky in terms of Clemore Fuini coming in, but I don't know how in modern day football this things like this can be allowed to happen. And and one, it seems to me that in in no matter what division of English football you're in, if you're an owner, you pass a fit and proper test, you are then essentially given free reign to do whatever you want which is entirely wrong and someone someone needs to be held to account no matter whether you're playing in National League football, League 2, League 1, Premier League, Champions League. You, you have to have owners that are held to account and have to do the right thing by the fans because fat owners will own the football club, but the real owners of football clubs are fans and the fans have massively been let down at Oldham. Amen to that, brother. Shall we listen to your questions? Let's go for it. Boom. Hi Ben, just a, just a couple if I can. Um, you know, I spoke about how you got a lot of choices to make this week in, in regards to team selection. Um, is there a, are a lot of the attacking players, I suppose, more, more than any, putting pressure on certain positions to start? Because, you know, you've got a wealth of attacking talent there. Yeah, I think we've got a really talented squad. Um, a really uh, good personalities and characters in there as well. And there's a lot of players pushing to get in the team. I think it's it's the balance of finding the system that suits us and then picking the players in into that. Uh, I think the temptation sometimes can be you're trying to get uh, all your good players into the team and maybe it doesn't work as a, as a collective. So it's finding that balance. There's good depth, there's good competition. And I think over these coming months now, the squad is going to be really important. Um, and we're getting one or two more up to speed, but they've had a later start with the season and a minimal pre-season. So I think as the season goes on now, we'll be able to actually rotate more without uh, without affecting how we play. And you kind of said there that you, you maybe got the system wrong against Bradford. So, you know, as a kind of manager or a head coach, is that is that a lot of work that you've been working on, kind of developing different systems to fit you know different players in, I guess? Yeah, we've, we've played in different ways this season, um, different formations, um, 
different ways of building the attacks, different ways of pressing, because we, we adapt to how we think we can win each each game. But what is consistent is the way we play. Um, that won't change. So the principles of how we play are just not going to alter. Um, but like I say, you know, we've, we've got a lot right this season. Um, and, and last week, unfortunately, we didn't. And a lot of that was was me. Like I say, a large proportion mm. of that was the fact that we changed to a different shape. And it, it, I think it would have worked if Bradford had played in their usual system, but they didn't. Um, they changed and that, that threw us a little bit. And um, we weren't quite as um, fluid as we, as we normally would be. And our... Our shape behind the ball was a little bit different because of that, which allowed them to counter-attack more than we'd like. So, um, like I say, we, we, we've reviewed that, we've put it to bed, uh, we take the lessons from it, and now we look ahead to, to Oldham tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Tyra Simpson's kind of, he started to improve in my eyes, you know, and, and he's certainly a, a player that you can see the potential there, but that word potentially is only very young still. Do you, do you kind of in some way still feel you're lacking that goal scorer up top that, that can kind of be a focal point that other strikers can learn off in the club? I think we've we've got players that could have had more goals than what they've got, which for me is a positive. Um, you know, Tyree Simpson has got into positions to score goals regularly. Harry McCurdy has done the same. Uh, Alex Gilbert, Jaden Mitchell-Lawson, they, they get into positions to score and they haven't always gone in. But as long as we're creating and getting into those positions, then I'm fine. Um, because over a season... They go in at certain times, they don't at other times. We're continually working on forwards, movement, timing, finishing. Um, So I expect as the season progresses for all of those players to improve uh, in terms of their game understanding, in terms of their finishing. Um, And I think we've we've certainly had games we could have scored a lot more goals in. Um, But, you know, it was only four or five weeks ago we were talking about struggling to score goals and not scoring enough. And now we are. We are scoring more, which which is a positive. But we've got to make sure we do that without becoming loose defensively. We want both sides of the game. We want that solid base that we've had, but we want to be clinical and ruthless at the other end of the pitch so that we're as we're as efficient as possible as a team. And and finally, um, off the pitch, I don't want to name any players, but what what is your view of kind of players being on social media? You know, in, in any in any division, in any team, you know, how 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 do you assess it? And do you have any input on kind of speaking to players about social media? No, I mean I, I don't. I don't use. Um, I don't use social media. Uh, again, it, it's a personal decision. I don't think we as a club can say to people what you can and can't do in your personal life. Um, what we can do is advise and educate, um, and, and try and uh, help the players to understand their responsibilities to, to the club, but also in, in general. Um, but it, you, you know, in in society, in life, you can't be. You can't dictate to mm-hmm. people uh, what, what they can and can't do. Um, but like I say, as a, as a club, we want to educate and support as best we can. Um, and if it ever come, becomes a problem with, with anyone, then we, we look to intervene and we look to help as best we possibly can. But, um, you know, I want players to be able to make their own decisions in life uh, and what they do and, and what they don't do. But with an understanding of the responsibility that, that their, their job and, uh, and playing for this football club brings. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. Right then. So developing different systems. I really, the only reason this kind of came into my mind was because of Ben Garner, what he said about the Bradford defeat and how, you know, we, we prepared in one way and we hadn't kind of been 
prepared in any other system. He, he he's kind of relied on this playing two two attacking wing backs, or you know, kind of having this kind of two up front in terms of Harry McCurdy and Tyree Simpson recently. But he said he hadn't really prepared the team in any other system, and that was a bit of a grey area for him. So I wanted to understand if he is working on this. He said, you know, as you as you heard there, um, he Ben Garner believes they played in different ways this season. I kind of will disagree. I think they've kind of had a set formation for the past couple of months. Um, but he said we, we're trying to adapt how we think we can win each game. It's not just going to be a necessary, you know, kind of one tactic every single opponent that we come up against. He does prepare the team depending on who the opponent is. But it was interesting to hear there as well that his principles of how we play won't alter, but we will change the style in, cert, in certain games. So he's, he's standing by his principles, so he should. They've done very well this season, especially on the road. But, you know, I just wanted to understand what tactics he's working on and, and, and whether he's willing to change it all. But, you know, like you said, he's he's got his he's got his mindset on what he wants to do, but, you know, he's not going to cut his nose off to spite his face. No, it's almost like he said, I am willing to change and, and we do adapt, but at the same time, I'm not. So... <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to see if we're going to see a, a five-three-two system again, or if he's going to, you know, completely shake it up. We might have a four-four-two or a, or a, or a completely wild formation, uh, but but we'll see, won't we? But you know, Ben Garner, he's, he's a smart smart bloke. He's been around football long enough, he, and he's certainly done well this season to to get us to where we are. And I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll see a really good performance tomorrow. You went in with lack of strikers again. And I say again, it's because it's something that we both agree on and we talk about a lot and I'm yeah. reluctant to go down that road again. But I mean, is there any is there any sense that you get that Ghana might be getting a bit fed up of the uh, of the lack of centre forwards question? Well, that's, so it wasn't as much that I wanted to kind of harp on about it. You know, the way I asked it was, you know, do you think you need a new striker in now? Because we're, we're we're getting to the stage where we can just about start asking about the transfer window, um, but not quite yet. Um, and it was really just because after that Bradford defeat, I don't know about you, but Tyree Simpson just seems to me like he needs a rest. You know, he's only young, but he seems a bit short of ideas at the moment in front of saying that now you're going bag a hat trick against Oldham. Um, but he seems a bit short of ideas and, and I just want to hear Ben Garner maybe say, look, you know, I think we might need a striker because I think if if you believe that, then you should come out and really say that look, Tyrese is doing really well, but we might look to get a new, more experienced striker in because I, want, I almost framed it in the way that, you know, do you need a striker in there for certain players to learn off as well? You know, a bit more of an experienced figure. So, you know, as you heard then, Ben Garner shut me down and said he's got players there that can play in that position. But <laughs> I, I'm still standing by it that in January we, we will see a striker come into the club. If if the current squad keep the form that they've been doing since August going, then they've done their job. If there's a budget in January for more players to come in, they've done a terrific job. If we're in the playoff picture at the start of January, when people can come in, then they've done a magnificent job and then we can look to lighten their load. And I think what's absolutely key, and you've sort of suggested it, is in 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 your sort of uh, hypothetical Ghana comment is that you know especially us we are not saying Tyree Simpson is a bad footballer he's not he just needs support and a break doesn't he he does that's that's all he needs he's he's very young you know he's on loan from Ipswich and he's he's 
basically being sent out there to do the job of being your number nine every game, week in, week out. And I don't think that's really the best in terms of development because if he does go on a bad on a sorry on a bad patch where he's not, you know, scoring every game, he might go five games without a goal. Do you want to keep putting him out there to try and break that, or, or do you want to have someone else that you can call? And he said that you can call on, you know, Alex Gilbert or Jaden Mitchell or some, but these aren't no matter what Ben Garner says, we've said it so many times, Tyree Simpson is the only out and out striker that's winning out at the club. Um and I don't I want to touch on the point that you just said about, you know, if, if they're kind of in the playoffs and, you know, are in that position come the end of the season and they've done their job. But Come the end of the year. Come, well, the, end come, the, end, the, year. Sorry, come the end of the year. But how much easier and nicer would it be to be able to say that, you know, if if we bring in a striker, you can get automatic promotion. You can, you will be in the playoffs because that's all that's missing. Swindon are missing an out-and-out striker that can come in and either support Tyree Simpson, give him a break, Get ten goals between now and the end of the season, and Swindon Town will be in automatic playoff spots. So I've got no doubt about it. So if if the chance is there, you know we can't say, oh well, we have this one season to rebuild, and then we go next season. You're never given anything in football. Nothing, nothing's, you know, you can't say next season we're going to win the league because we'll have more investment, and we've had a year under a new owner and, and a new head coach. The chance is there this season to go for this, and and a new striker would would massively, I think, help that and, and get us there. And you also asked Garner about fitting in attacking players too, didn't you? So it, it makes sense to link those two questions together before we go elsewhere. It did. That, that, that's kind of because Ben Garner touched on previously when we asked him about team selection, about how you know he's got big decisions to make. And those big decisions you only really feel are gonna, going to come in those attacking areas. The defence pretty much takes care of itself when you have everyone fit. Uh, you midfield, you're not going to drop Louis Reed, so it'll be interesting. It'll sometimes be interesting to see who goes alongside him. At the moment, you expect it to be Ben Gladwin. Anthony Grant might push for a recall, but in those attacking areas, you can probably play about three different attacking front lines um, in every single in every single game if you want with with the different players we got there. Um, and Ben Garner, you heard there, he touched on the fact that you know the temptation is to fit all of your attacking players into a team. And just throw them all out there and go, and everyone expects them to go and score goals. But that doesn't work, he said. You know, it's about over the coming months, you know, getting players continuously improving, sorry, players and getting them ready because he needs to have players up to the levels whereby he can rotate them and it doesn't affect the system. And I think that's his worry at the moment. If he makes too many changes, it's going to disrupt, disrupt things a little bit too much. The next bit is, of course, you know, your predicted lineup and, and result. And we know that there are two players potentially that might not play. So based purely on what we know, how do you think Ghana will set this team up? Well, of course, we know that Dion Conroy is back. So, you know, Dion Conroy, I'd imagine, would be an automatic recall, especially after we leaked three, goal, three goals the other day. Um, I think he'll kind of revert to, to form, really. We'll have a back... A back five of Kane Kessler Hayden, Akin Odomeo, Dion Conroy, Romney Critchlow, and Ellis Iandolo um, is what I what I'd expect. Providing that for some reason I have a feeling that Iandolo might be one of the players that's picked some injury. I hope he's not, because he's had a really good season, but you know, he's one of the players that you'd look at. Um so I'd imagine that back five would come in. Rob Hunt picked up a yellow card against Bradford. Didn't really impress me, doesn't really impress me attacking. He's good in defence, but in attacking scenarios, I wouldn't really be impressed with him. Of course, sorry, I should have said that you have Jojo Wallacott in goal. Um, in midfield, Louis Reed starts without doubt, doesn't he? The the bloke has been brilliant 
this season. So Louis Reed will be in there. Jack Payne, obviously got that penalty. I wonder whether Jack Payne might be one of the players that Garner's thinking about making a decision on because he's not been in the in his his best form recently. Um, so, but I'll say we'll play Payne just for the sake of it. So we'll have Louis Reed, Jack Payne. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't because I don't want to cause any. I don't want to say too much, and then and then we don't. If what I would say is if Jack Payne doesn't think, I think Alex Gilbert could come in. Um, but you know we'll wait and see. So I'll go Louis Reed, Jack Payne, Johnny Williams because I think he was he needs a little bit more time, needs some more minutes, probably needs a little bit of confidence behind him as well for Swindon Town. Um, and then up we'll go for Tyree Simpson. Of course, it will be and and Harry McCurdy. I can't really see any changes there. So you know hunt out. Ellis Dolo back in. Um, Dion Conroy back in for Matthew Bowdry. Kane Kessler-Hayden back in. I could see Ben Gladwin being dropped. Um, and we'll have Reed, Payne, Williams, Simpson, McCurdy. I lost count, so I'm trusting there's 11 players there. So I'll take your word. I'm going to go for 3-1 Swindon. And I really do think this is one of these games where Swindon need to be making sure we get the three points. So 3-1 Swindon. 3-1 Swindon. Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Swindon. I fancy Swindon to keep a clean sheet with Conroy back in the team. Okay, so fingers crossed and good luck to Swindon at Oldham. Finally, social media. (laughs) So you asked the question. It's been quite a week. Very, very dull. And depending on your sense of humour or what have you, there was an emergence on Twitter this week of one Harry McCurdy, wasn't there? Yes. Which resulted in you asking a question to Ben Garner, I suppose. It was, yeah, it was Harry McCurdy that, that led me to ask this question. I did actually say last week that it was a question that I wanted to ask, um, you know, based off just Swindon, Swindon's sit profile. Of course, you know, we had that kind of cane cascade and went through that stage just leading a lot of posts. Um, but Harry McCurdy this week, didn't he? He merged onto Twitter. And at first, I think everyone was like, is this a fake account? Like, some of the stuff that was coming out, you're like, this has got to be a fan-run account. Then the club tweeted it out, and Harry McCurdy's on Twitter, and kind of, he's just a gift that keeps on giving, isn't he, from a fan's perspective? I'm not sure the media team at Swindon would agree. I'm sure he's given them a, a few headaches. Um, but I wanted Ben Garner's... It wasn't just Harry McCurdy. It was just on social media in general. I wanted to understand what he thinks, because in modern-day football... You know, managers have got to deal with that because social media can be a really volatile place for players. It can be a place where players can get themselves into a lot of trouble. But it's also a place where players can connect with a lot of fans as well. Those are the times we live in. The majority of people are on social media. Um, Ben Garner, I'm not surprised to hear that he doesn't use social media. I kind of expected that from him um, anyway. But it was really interesting to see that you stick into kind of this almost motto and, and this narrative of, we need to let players do what they want in their personal personal life. You know, we he trusts his players. He said this about kind of the characters of the likes of Harry McGurdy, that we want them to be themselves. They want them to be themselves on social media. Um, but at the same time, I, he kind of gave a little bit of a warning, didn't he, there, where he said that, you know, if it ever became a problem, we'd have to intervene. I want players to make their decisions. But what they do and don't do, they need to understand that their job is representing Swindon Town and and what playing for this club brings with it. So, you know, a little bit of a kind of one at the end that, you know, be sensible. And if you're not, then we'll have to have a word. But at the minute, he seems more than happy to to let things go. Which is no different to any 
you know, employer. It just reminds me of Simon Ferry uh, when he was on social media <laughs> during the wild, wild west years of Twitter where he would disappear and reemerge with a different account name, a different Twitter handle almost daily at one stage. It was all the variant of top boy, if if I recall correctly. And there, there's some stuff that McCurdy's put out there that's going to offend people. He referred to the the notion of going to watch Swindon Town women over the weekend as watching paint dry, which got quickly uh, deleted with an apology. And mm-hmm. he's gone after, well, not gone after, but he's responded and had to and fro's with a few fans. And and it's, you know where this is heading, um, but it's been highly enjoyable to a degree. I don't even follow him. I don't need to. He's all over <laughs> my timeline. <laughs> <laughs> he is all over my timeline. I don't need to follow him to see what he's doing. Um, I, I, I like, and I maintain that I like the fact that he he doesn't he doesn't act like a normal prototype footballer. He's he's got a personality. He's got opinions, and they're not trying to be clever. He's just you know he supports Chelsea, and he doesn't like people annoying him. So it's refreshing to see, isn't it, that you've got a player on social media that. A, either A, doesn't have a media team behind them putting out their tweets for them, or B, isn't afraid to just say what's on their mind and be themselves. And Harry McCurdy is undoubtedly being him, <laughs> being himself every time, he's, <laughs> every time he takes to Twitter, isn't he? You know, I'm just looking through his Twitter now. I think he's put out six or seven tweets just this morning. Um, <laughs> so he's certainly enjoying it. And I have, to, I have to say, you know, it's just refreshing. It's so refreshing to kind of kind of look into what a player is actually like because that's what social media should be it should be about expressing yourself and and you know showing what you're passionate about or what you're not passionate about and Ari McCurdy certainly doing that I have to say I am disappointed he's a Chelsea fan you know I was, I was expecting better from him um but we'll let that slide for the meantime I guess as long as he keeps putting goals in the back of the net for Swindon I don't know why the, the idea of footballers supporting another club used to be this sort of like sin within the games or you don't disclose who you support that's something that's definitely relaxed in recent years like footballers can support football clubs it doesn't compromise their current job you know it's like it was seen as this taboo you know but most or many footballers once they're in the industry their sort of support for clubs tend to wane a little bit but there are a few Harry McCurdy being one of them that are deeply deeply in love with their beloved Chelsea. He is, isn't he? He certainly hates Tottenham. That's one thing you can, <laughs> you can understand if you look at his social media account. Uh, what I also like is it's not even just Harry McCurdy's social. It's basically Harry McCurdy's Twitter account slash Jack Payne's as well. Um, <laughs> Jack Payne seems to feature on there in some type of photo every day. Um, those two players certainly seem to have linked upon the pitch. They've also linked up off the pitch and and uh, long may this continue. I don't think it will continue for very long. I think <laughs> Harry McCurdy will be stopping pacing <laughs> things quite shortly, uh, especially if Ben Garner is going to get us more in press conferences like he did. Um, but for the meantime, let's enjoy it for what it is. Eh? Absolutely. And all it'll take is a sending off in a bad result and people will turn and he'll respond and then he'll disappear and we'll go back to the way it used to be. And it'll be quieter, but it made a very dull week a little bit more manageable, didn't it? Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The 
The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.